Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. Dave Therry and Hope Radio, Hope Club Podcast. You know, there's a pastime that many people engage in. And some are very good at it. Oh yeah. They practice it every chance they get. As a matter of fact, the better they get at it, the worse they feel. (laughs) It's something we would rather not do, but we do get pretty proficient at it. And to make matters worse, Jesus said, don't do it. So what we've been doing, we've been examining some of the things that Jesus said, only to his disciples. And we're going to take a look. We're in Luke chapter 12, in verse 22. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, okay, now here it comes, do not worry. There it is. Do not worry about your life, as to what you will eat, nor for your body, as to what you will put on. Now, what does it mean to worry? That thing that we get very proficient at it, and we're very good at it, and yet the better we get at it, the worse we feel. Worry means to be anxious. That's what it means. To to, to have an over-care for something. That's what it means. Now, there are two kinds of care. There is prudent care, which is a concern. That's okay. And then there's anxious care, which is very distracting. Anxious care is the care that Jesus is speaking about, called worry. And what that worry does, it distracts us. What does that mean? That it's confusing. It perplexes us. We get all worked up, right? You know you're worrying when you're all worked up. Jesus gives us three aspects of life we're not to get all worked up over. You realize this is a therapy session, okay? If we can take the Word of God and believe it and abide in it, that's good therapy, all right? So the three things Jesus said, don't get all worked up over. Number one, your life what you shall eat, your body, what we shall wear. And then just, you know what? Life itself. Life itself. He's not saying give it no thought, but rather don't get all worked up over it. That's all. If you get all worked up about it, you know what happens? You lose your focus. And when you lose your focus, you can't go forward. And then Jesus gives clarity. Let's hear him explain what it means. Verse 23. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Now in Matthew 6.25, Jesus put it in the form of a question. If he was speaking with you at a table over a cup of coffee, and he said to you, Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? What would you say? 
Well, yes, Jesus, I think life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothes. Yeah, okay. So, therefore, when we understand that, worry doesn't need to be part of our modus operandi. So when Jesus said, is not life more than food, the word life is the word suke, and it means breath, speaks of your soul, the real you, the real person that you are, is your soul, okay? Now there's a word called ionios, which speaks of eternal life, and there's another word called zoe, which speaks of the fullness of life. And then there's suke, which really speaks of the real you. So the real you, the soul, is not something you get, you need to get all worked up about because no one can touch your soul. Jesus wants his disciples to value their real inner beings over the outward. The outward will perish. The outward is temporal. But the soul is eternal. Jesus didn't die for the body. He died for the soul. He said in verse 24, listen. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom, no barn. And yet, God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds. And he talked specifically about the ravens. What's a raven? A crow. Those birds that we don't like, they bother us. Oh, oh, they they make such a racket. Sometimes there's too many of them. They travel in these large groups, right? And and we just, get away from me. He's crows. We don't want them around. And Jesus is saying, listen, God provides for them. The birds that, ah, considered by many people to be detestable. And yet, farmers don't like crows, but God feeds them. Even the lowly creatures, God takes care of them. They don't store up food. They are provided for day by day. Day by day. You think that's a lesson of faith? Remember when the Hebrews were out in the wilderness and God provided manna? When did he do it? Day by day. That's all. He said, listen, just gather what you need for today. And tomorrow, I'll be back. And I'll give you some more. And then the next day, I'll be back. And I'll give you some more. And then Friday, okay, I'm going to let you gather twice as much, because Saturday, you're not going to have to go out and gather. That'll be a day of rest for you. But all the other days, one by one, I'll be there for you. And I'll provide. So when Jesus talks about the birds, I want you to see that the world is a classroom. That's what Jesus used. That's why he'd be outside walking from village to village and town to town, because he didn't need a room with a blackboard or an overhead projector. He had the whole world was his classroom. And he could point to the birds, and he could point to the farmer, and he could point to the lilies of the field. He could say, you see all those things? I have a spiritual truth for you in every one of those aspects of nature. That's why he was such a great teacher. So when it comes to these birds, God provides for them. He said, disciples, do you see that? 
You guys are going to be going out by faith into the villages preaching the gospel. Do you see that God provides? That's what you need to see. So when you encounter life and all of its obstacles, remember, look at the birds. God provides for them. Now the question, verse 25, which one of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life's span? Which one of you guys, by getting all worked up about something, can make your life longer? If anything, it'll make your life shorter, not longer. One person said, well, worrying does work for me. Everything I worry about never happens. (laughs) Well, that's another approach, I guess. But Jesus said, if then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? In other words, if worrying doesn't help in the little things, right? Why worry about the big things? What a revelation. Now that makes sense. If the little thing you worry about, if worry doesn't help that, why are you worried about the big one? It's not going to help that either. See, that's where faith comes in. Faith kicks in so worry can go out. It's either one or the other. If you can pick up 10 pounds, or if you can't pick up 10 pounds, don't try to pick up 100. If you can't change something small by worrying, don't try to change something big by worrying. It's not going to happen. Okay? So back to the lesson. He's going to take them out into the classroom. From the birds to the flowers. Consider the lilies. How they grow. And they neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon, King Solomon, in all of his glory, clothed himself like one of these. Solomon could not beautify even himself the way God beautifies the flowers. And when Jesus said, consider the lilies, you know, that's something we need to do as God's people. The word consider, it means to observe fully. Pay attention. Behold, learn from that. Behold the flowers. How beautiful they are. Look at them. There's so many of them. And they're so beautiful. And they're so varied in their appearance. There's not like one, two, or three flowers. There's millions of different kinds of beautiful flowers. And God makes them all beautiful. They are all in His hand. If the flowers are in the hand of God, how much more are those that belong to Him in His hand? Look at those flowers so calm and peaceful. Solomon was the richest man who ever lived, and yet he could not array himself like a beautiful flower. So Jesus said in verse 28, If God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today, so beautiful, but tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, in other words, is very short-lived, How much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? See, God is looking for great faith. 
I think he sees a lot of little faith. Oh, yeah. He sees a lot of little faith in his people. But what he'd really like to see is great faith. Big faith. That's what God wants to see. He wants to see great faith in you. Faith that says, you know what? I'd rather trust God than worry in doubt. Worry in doubt, that's from the devil himself. Trusting God, that's divine. That's a divine work. Worrying and doubting, that's a demonic work. And we naturally go that way. And that's why Paul said in Romans 12, listen, we have to have our mind renewed by the word of God. We need to think differently about the things we need. In this instance, what we eat, what we wear, for them it was very important back in the first century. But whatever it is that causes you to worry, we need to change our thinking and turn it into divine trust instead. Because every time you look out the window and see a beautiful flower, you're reminded of God's provision. God provides. And even the flowers that are short-lived, they're very short-lived. But God doesn't skimp. God puts, He makes them as beautiful as possible, even though they're around for a short season. Now, we know around here we have flowers that they're, they're one season long, annuals. And then we have flowers that are perennials. They keep coming back every year. So whether they they have a, a one-season lifespan or they keep coming back, God makes them beautiful. There are flowers, they bloom for a short time, and then the blooms are gone. God makes them beautiful. For as long as they're alive, God makes them beautiful. Now look at you, who lives forever. What? Your soul is going to live forever. So don't just have a little faith when God's provisions are all around you. God is saying, look up, look out, behold, the world is a classroom. Learn of me. As you look out the window and as you take a walk through the woods, learn of me. As you watch the birds hop around on the grass, learn of me. Pay attention. I think the failure of many of God's people today, sometimes even me, is we don't let these lessons stay with us. We're forgetful hearers instead of effective doers. We need to abide in the things that Jesus said. They don't do us any good if we forget them. No good at all. We have to abide in what he said. And then he said in verse 29, Do not seek what you will eat or what you will drink. And do not keep worrying for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek. And when he speaks of the nations of the world, he's speaking about people far from God. Another translation might say, these are the things that the Gentiles seek after, people far from God. Okay? So here's here's the difference. The difference is there are those that seek the things of the world Because they think, well, if I get those things, I'll be content. And then there are those that seek God, knowing that he'll provide for them and he will make them content. 
So when Jesus used the word seek, it means to, to go about in a good sense. Let's, let's put the word worship in there and read it like this. Do not worship what you will eat and what you will drink. Do not worship and keep worrying. Sometimes, sometimes worrying could be a religious exercise for people. What are you doing? I'm worrying. Oh, you're back in church, huh? Yeah, the church of the worry wads. So if you worship these things, you look like unbelievers that do not know God. That's what he's saying. So think of the things that we do that make us look like people far from God. And worry is one of them. We hear a lot of talk about, you know, all kinds of sins that we commit that make us look like unbelievers. But wait a minute. Worrying makes us look like people that don't know God. Worrying is is an exercise of the sin nature, but not the divine nature. That's why we want to weaken that sin nature, the flesh, and strengthen our divine nature. So Jesus concludes, your father knows that you need these things. He knows. God the Father knows what you need. Do you trust him to provide for you if you just go after him? That's what he's saying. How far will your faith carry you? That's the thing. You may get distracted, because worry will do that, but God does not. God does not get distracted. You may lose focus, but God is focused on you. How about that song, His Eye is on the Sparrow? If His Eye is on the Sparrow, how much more is it on you? Remember Jesus talked about the little birds? When they light out of a tree and hop on the ground, the Father knows. How much more does He know your comings and goings? He knows your comings and goings to work, home, shopping, the hospital. He knows everything. He knows how you're feeling. And he's trying to get you to see that worry will not help you, but divine trust in who he is is a wonderful remedy. It's in the believing and acting on it that we find the benefit. So what should I do during turbulent times if I can't worry? Like, okay, God, you're going to spoil my fun and take take away my worry. What should I do? Verse 32, seek his kingdom. That's it. Seek his kingdom. And these things will be added to you. The things that the people far from God seek after, God will give them to you if you seek after him. Now, remember, we turn the word seek into worship. So worship God. Worship God, and you will look like someone who is near to God. You look like someone who believes in God. Okay? Matthew's gospel says it differently. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What is righteousness? It's God's way, holiness of heart. It's the Christian way of life. It's how we live. Seek God's kingdom and seek the Christian way of life. And how do I do that? 
How do I seek God's kingdom and the Christian way of life? Well, I got a scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture, and I hope you believe this, I do, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So we've got four benefits to learning the Word of God. Four benefits. And these are the things that will strengthen our divine faith. Number one, teaching. What does Scripture do? It teaches us who God is. Secondly, it's profitable for reproof. It shows me where I'm wrong. And we all need that. But God doesn't leave us there. Because thirdly, it's profitable for correction. You know what correction is? How to get right. It's a nautical term. When the ship is on the sea, and there are things that can make it go off course, the wind, the waves, the currents. So the captain has to make a what? Course correction. That's okay. He makes a course correction to get back on track to arrive at his port. So even though he was off course, correction gets him back on course. Well, God's word shows us, you know what? You're off course. But wait, here's how you get back on course. And then fourthly, it's profitable for training in righteousness. And that's how to live the Christian way of life. We have to know. I don't know if you realize this, but it doesn't come naturally. Living the Christian life does not come naturally. We have to learn how to live the Christian life. We have to learn how to follow after Christ. So many aspects of being a Christian. We have to learn how to pray. We have to learn how to serve. We have to learn how to give. We have to learn how to study. We have to learn how to relate to God. I mean, everything is about learning. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. It's a fresh start. We would call it a reboot. Learning to walk all over again. A spiritual walk. So Jesus said to his disciples, don't look like people that are far from God. Okay? Don't look like them. If you're going to represent me, look and act like people who know me. And what does that require? Faith. That's it. Faith. And faith is more than believing. Faith is acting on what we believe. Because even James says, man says he has faith, well, show me his works. You know what? For some people, faith is just head knowledge. But the life doesn't line up. No, the life has to line up with what you believe, with Scripture. If you've got Scripture in your heart, the life has to line up with the Scripture that's in your heart. If it contradicts it, that's not faith. That's hypocrisy or deception. But it's not faith. So Jesus is saying, listen, you're going out into the towns and the villages. You're going to preach the gospel. You're my ambassadors. You have to represent me. So don't act like people who don't know me. And so are we today, right? We are people that are representing Christ. Paul said we're ambassadors for Christ. 
So we can't look like people that are far from God. We can't act like people that are far from God. We have to act like people that have great faith. And we abide in that faith. So don't get good at worrying. We get good at whatever we practice. Don't practice worrying. Practice faith. Practice faith even in the little things. And work your way up to the bigger things. Seek first. I like that part. First and foremost, the kingdom of God. That's why I have a uh, Instagram broadcast Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. You know why? We seek first the kingdom of God. Right out of bed. Get out of bed. Pour that coffee. Grab the Bible. And we have a short devotional time. Seeking first the kingdom of God. And you can be part of it. Go to Dave Therian Instagram or Therian60034. There's a few Dave Therians out there for some reason. And we're Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. I mean, you can watch it anytime during the day, but that's when we're live. Six o'clock. Why? Because we want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Build our faith knowing that, hey, I don't have to worry. God will add to me the things that I need. Okay, now here comes the challenge. Do you believe it? Do you believe what I just said? Do you believe that if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness... If you do that first, he'll add to your life what you need. If you do, that's beautiful. Do it. If you don't, put God to the test. Try him and see if he won't come through for you. So don't forget the Hope Club podcast as well. Anywhere podcasts are found, the Hope Club podcast You'll get this message there. And I'm inviting you to our weekend services, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., and then Christmas Eve, 7 p.m., Christmas morning, 10 a.m. So the Christmas Eve and Christmas morning are our Christmas services. Sunday morning is not necessarily a Christmas service, though in some churches it is. That's okay. But our Christmas service will be 7 o'clock Christmas Eve, p.m., and Christmas Day. 10 a.m. Come on out. Worship God together.